Brethren, um, I'm just trying to, okay, so it's a pleasure being here again, and tonight I want to talk about, did the Apostle Paul, the God-ordained Apostle to and teach of the Gentiles, um, which will be reading Romans chapter 11 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 78, and 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. Contradict Jesus' doctrine of no divorce and remarriage except for fornication in any of his marital discourses. So, brethren, all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. And this segment today would be, uh, I'll say, rather short. Uh, and I do hope that it's would have enlightened, bring clarity and revelation to some persons, right? So all scriptures, as I mentioned, will be read from the King James Version Bible only. No other Bible but the King James Version Bible. So I'll start. So in my title, I had asked the question, did the Apostle Paul, the God-ordained Apostle to and teacher of the Gentiles, reading from Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 78, and 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, contradict Jesus' doctrine of no divorce and remarriage except for fornication in any of his marital discourses. So what I'm going to do now is to reply, right? And it, and it goes like this. Anyone who read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11, will doubtlessly observe that St. Paul drew heavily on Jesus' teaching concerning conjugal relationships and made it abundantly clear that once a person was legally married, that individual was no longer free to divorce and remarry while his or her married partner was still alive. For additional confirmation, Brethren, please read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, and Romans chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. So, brethren, look carefully at verses 10 to 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And observe that the apostle says, If one's wife departs, let her remain single or be reconciled to her husband. Can anyone who read those verses be daring enough to suggest that the Apostle Paul believed and taught that a Christian that is duly married can divorce and be remarried again? Now, the answer to that question is, I would hope that no one is so naive to believe such a lie. Moreover, after having stated the New Testament's position that governs Christian marriages in verses 10 to 11 of 1 Corinthians, 
He then focused his attention on the unique situation in which one partner who was already married got saved, while the other partner did not. He advised that in such a situation, the married partner who was born again should not leave his or her unsaved partner. Following this, he dealt with the case where the unsaved partner may choose to leave the saved partner. In such a case, the saved partner is not to blame him or herself for the dissolution of their marriage, as 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15 states. Neither should one abandon one's faith in such a case. Instead, one should remain faithful to one's marital vow and to the Lord. However, in order to prevent anyone from suggesting that by his first Corinthians chapter 7 verse 15 ruling, he was hinting that the innocent Christian partner was free to remarry since it was the other partner who had left the marital home. He was quick to add the following conclusions. And I'll be reading from first Corinthians chapter 7 verse 16, which states, for what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? So that was 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 16. Those questions, brethren, have totally destroyed the idea that the innocent saved partner is free to remarry once the other partner leaves. In fact, Implicit in these questions is the notion that if the saved brother or sister remains faithful to the Lord and to his or her married vow, his or her virtuous life should be enough to win back one's partner, not just to oneself, but even to the Lord. Now, if you have doubts concerning my statements, just answer the following question. And it goes like this. This is my question to you, brethren. If the saved married partner remain, remarries another person upon the departure of his or her mate, can that act on the part of the saved partner ever be able to contribute to the salvation of his or her former mate? So I'll ask the question again, brethren. If the saved married partner remarries another person upon the departure of his or her mate, can that act on the part of the saved partner ever be able to contribute to the salvation of his or her former mate? And the answer to that question, brethren, is no, not at all. And my reason for that answer is this. It could never assist in his or her salvation. Well, because of this fact, as deduced from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 16, we know that the Apostle Paul never taught that a Christian can divorce and be remarried while his or her partner was still alive. What I would like, brethren, for you to do is to read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 to 11 for yourselves and see what Paul believed and thoughts. Now, what, I'm what I have shared so far should be enough to convince the most liberal-minded minister 
that once a marriage is solemnized, it could only be disannulled as far as God is concerned by the death of one of the married partners. Therefore, to divorce and then remarry while one's married partner is yet alive is not a God-approved option under the new covenant. That is, under this gospel dispensation. However, since God, by his divine wisdom, knew that some would have tried to twist 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15, to allow for remarriage while one's original marriage partner was still alive, he inspired the Apostle Paul to restate his divine position at the end of his marriage discourse chapter. The following is God's final word on this delicate issue. And I'll be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, which states, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, D-E-A-D, -E she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. So brethren, what I just read, that is what the new covenant prescribes for believers in Jesus Christ. There is no exception to that statement. To prove this point, I shall now quote what the said apostle wrote earlier. So please note that this quote is a restatement of Jesus' teaching as recorded in Mark chapter 10 verses 2 to 12 and Luke chapter 16 verse 18. And I'll be reading... I'll be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7 from verses 10 to 11, which states, And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. So that was 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 10 to 11. Brethren, I'm going to ask another question, and the question is, is there any ambiguity in what I just read? And the answer to that is no, there is none. Because if what I just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11 is true, and we all know that it is true, it follows, therefore, that this divorce and remarriage syndrome that is devastating the body of Christ could not also have come from God and goes to prove that the two except references in Matthew chapter 5 verse 32 and Matthew chapter 19 verse 9 could only have referred to and only refers to premarital unfaithfulness on the part of an engaged Jewish female partner who 
under their unique Jewish engagement and matrimonial tradition, was called a wife. So these, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 9 references, Therefore, do not refer to post-marital unchastity as is commonly taught today and falsely supported by some modern errant versions of the Bible. These so-called textual supports made possible by these new versions are nothing but man-made perversions. So brethren, this is the pure teaching of the Church of Jesus Christ on this controversial issue. And I am asking, may God open each and every one of your eyes, even in this late hour, to see the light. Brethren, to prove that what I have just stated is God's point of view on this controversial issue, I quote the following excerpts written to the church in Rome, as well as to the church of Jesus Christ today. And that in Rome chapter 7 verse 13 states, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law had dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which had an husband is bound by the law, meaning the matrimonial law, to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, the matrimonial law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So I just read Romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 3. So, I doubt whether anyone that this is truly born again and in right standing with God after careful listening to me today that they will look to cause any argument in favor of divorce and remarriage. For the scriptures that I've shared today make it absolutely clear that marriage was designed by God to be a lifelong covenant between a man and a woman, not man and man, nor woman and woman. This matrimonial covenant, which makes a husband and his wife one flesh, as we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, Matthew chapter 19, verses 45, Mark chapter 10, verses 6 to 8, and Ephesians chapter 5, verses, verse 31. Those are, these are witnessed by God in Malachi chapter 2, verse 14, who says that divorce is treachery. Read Malachi chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 and 16 in an effort to communicate his hatred of divorce to man. He communicated this in no uncertain terms in the following unambiguous words. 
which states in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hates putting away, meaning divorce. So I just read from Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. And again, in Mark chapter 10, verse 9, What therefore God had joined together, let no man put asunder. So that was Mark chapter 10, verse 9. So as I come to a close, brethren, what I would like you to do is to compare what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11, from verse 12 to 16, and verse 39 to 40, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, with Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 to 6, Mark chapter 10, verses 6 to 12, and Luke chapter 16, verse 18. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Paul and Jesus held similar positions on this important issue. This being so, we know that the Apostle Paul did not contradict Jesus' teaching concerning divorce and remarriage. Instead, he confirmed Jesus' stand on that issue and even added a needed dimension to this very important issue. Because of this fact, I now appeal to you, honorable men of the cloth, to desist from separating what God has joined together. You feel obligated to intervene as I believe you should, please do so as an agent of reconciliation instead of an instrument of separation. Now that you know the truth, please be an agent of social stability rather than a willing facilitator of disunity, separation, and disintegration. Do not be afraid to be associated with the foolish few, for God still depends upon you. Would you let him down? I have all the confidence in the world that you, brethren, would stand for the truth after having listened to these segments. So, brethren... That's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again. Remember that Jesus Christ is returning and he will be returning soon. Prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return. So have a safe and productive week, brethren. I love you and Jesus Christ loves you.